Well, this morning, I'm happy to welcome back to the podium this morning, Carmen LaBerge. She's the host of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio um, and uh, is with us this week from, from Tennessee. And uh, just so happy to, to have you here, Carmen. Monday was fantastic, and, and I'm so excited for, for what you'll be sharing, what God has given you on your heart today. So would you welcome again up to the stage, Carmen LaBerge. Well, first of all, let me say thank you so much to those of you who helped me out with the pictures on Monday. Um, Matthew kept saying, there's so many people there. There's so many people there. So thank you, thank you, thank you for those of you who um, helped out with that. He, um, and one of you, I sent a picture back because you asked, and um, he's holding his chicken in that, one of his chickens in that picture. And so um, he did want to know how many people there have their own chickens. And so that's my question today. Does anybody in here raise of hands? Anybody have chickens at home? Oh, well, thank you. You are Matthew's people. All right, so, so thank you um, so much for that. Um, so does any, anybody hear from um, Albert Lee? Area. Area, okay. So, um, so I have a friend whose name is Shelly Komachewski, and she and her husband served a church in Albert Lee for a number of years. They now live in Dallas, Texas, and um, Shelly serves with Josh McDowell Ministries. Um, and their daughter, Emily, 17 years old, probably like, when you think of the person in your life who's the most full of life, the biggest personality in the room, whoever that is that comes to mind, that was Emily. And Emily um, was passionate about the Lord, a little bit frustrated with the organized church, um, went to YWAM a couple of summers ago. YWAM is Youth with a Mission. They have a big thing in Kona, um, Hawaii. It wasn't the thing that her mom wanted her to do that summer. Her mom wanted to go, her to go to this thing called Impact 360 in Georgia, which is like uh, a worldview kind of camp for high school and college students. It's a really cool thing. Um, but they didn't have space, and so Emily ended up going to um, this program in Kona, Hawaii, which sounds pretty cool, right? And it's called YWAM, and she really had a life-changing experience. I mean, she's really just so passionate about the Lord and being used of the Lord um, in, in ways that, you know, at that point in her life, she really couldn't imagine. Came back home, um, she was a person who uh, had a a real passion to sort of like pay her own way in life. So she had a job as a teenager. She wanted to pay for her own car and those kinds of things. And, um, and so she was at her place of work on a Monday, which um, she worked for like a holistic um, health services place. And they were actually not servicing or not serving clients on Monday, but some of the staff were there. The rest of the staff went to lunch. Emily stayed behind. She was cleaning out some files. Um, and just doing some of the work that she did on a regular basis. She was making TikTok videos to songs like this, which is what sort of led me to tell this story this morning. Um, this gratitude song is one of the TikTok videos that she made, and then she made another one, um, Lydia, Lydia Lair, I won't remember the name of the song. Sorry, I didn't write this down for today. Um, um, but um, like, According to the doctors, less than five minutes after making that TikTok video, she's, I mean, without any explanation, she died. And nobody was in the office. And so by the time they got back, 
um, suffice it to say, Emily was beyond resuscitation. Um, for a Christian family to explain, to understand, to grieve so publicly, um, to deal with the loss of a child, um, for a person who was 17 to suddenly, you know, who like, thought she had the whole world in front of her, a whole life in front of her, and she didn't, and nobody knew that. Nobody knew that. And one of the things that, em Emily was a journaler, so there, there are lots of journals that Emily wrote, and her parents have shared a lot of portions and parts of those, and you can probably find them on Instagram or other places, Emily. Emily Como, K-O-M-O, -O, would be who you're looking for. Emily Como. Um, and one of the things that Emily was really well known for saying, apparently, after she came back from her experience in Hawaii, saying among her friends is, life is short, eternity is long, make it count. Life is short, eternity is long, make it count. I don't know who needed to hear that today, but as we were singing um, this morning, God just put it on my heart that somebody in the room needed, needed to hear that testimony and witness today about somebody who really could be sitting here with you today if she weren't already in eternity with the Lord. So, what are my prepared remarks for today? <clears throat> Those were the unprepared ones. Um, when you... Um, Let's reset. Will that be good? Take a moment to reset. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of life with one another. Thank you for the gift of life with you. Thank you for helping us to make it count. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been in a, um, in a situation where, like, some special access was needed, like, to get into a party or backstage or anything like that? Anybody in here ever had that kind of experience where some kind of special access was needed? Have you ever been with the person who had the special access and you could just say, I'm with him? <laughs> right? So that's the conversation that I really want to have with you today. Because everywhere that you show up as a Christian, you're with him. I'm with him. When I turn to God the Father to pray, I can only do that because I'm with him. And the him is Jesus. He's the one who gives us the access. One of the things that it says in Scripture happened when Jesus died upon the cross is the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And you may think to yourself, that's like this weird, obscure thing to tell us. Such a weird, obscure thing to know that a curtain, imagine one of these huge curtains, although they were bigger than this and they were thicker than this and they were all of a piece. There were no seams. And if you've ever torn a piece of material apart, like, right? You know you can do that, right? You know you can, and it'll, it'll tear straight through. But if a person had done it, it would have been torn 
through from where to where? From the bottom to the top. When Jesus died upon the cross, this big, thick, heavy curtain that separated, is that me? That separated, I have a lot of iron in my body. Is that what's going on? Okay. Um, the curtain in the temple separated the Holy of Holies from everything else. And the Holy of Holies is like where the presence of God is. And only once a year could one priest go into the Holy of Holies. You might remember the story of Zechariah who goes in there. He ends up being the father of John the Baptist. So, all right, this is that same place. This is the Holy of Holies. And they would actually like tie a rope around the foot of the priest that went in there uh, once a year, just in case he dropped dead and they had to drag him back out. Because you just couldn't look at God, all right? So, the presence of God is understood to inhabit the Holy of Holies in the temple, and it's, and it's protected, it's shrouded, or the people are protected from it, really, by this great veil, by this heavy curtain that has no seams. And that is the curtain that is torn in two from top to bottom, when Jesus dies upon the cross. That's an all-access pass to God the Father because of the death of Christ the Son on our behalf. When you turn to God in prayer, you can only do that because you're with Him. You're with Jesus. Sometimes we think of, you know, we want Jesus to be with us. But really the question is whether or not we're with him. So are you with him? Like that's going to be the question of the day. Are you with him? So the disciples who we think about, one of my favorites is Peter. You may have a favorite disciple. Peter is um, among my favorites. I really like Peter. He's, he's kind of aggressive. He's kind of out there in the front of the conversation. He's sort of the first to answer. He's got all this enthusiasm. Um, and sometimes he sort of oversteps. Sometimes he even thinks he can, like, tell Jesus, like, what to do or what to say. And Jesus is like, um, okay, let's get this relationship in order here. So um, there's an occasion upon which Jesus is delivering what some people consider a really hard teaching, and lots of folks leave. This is too hard. These things that Jesus is saying are too hard. And Jesus turns and looks at the disciples, and he says, do you also want to leave? And Peter says, Lord, where else would we go? You are the one who has the words of eternal life. That's Peter saying, we're with you. I'm with you. Fast forward to the night of the Last Supper. They're gathered together in the upper room. Jesus has washed their feet. Peter has resisted that. Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus is like, if I don't wash you, you don't have a share in me. And Peter's like, all right, well, then not just my feet, but everything else. And Jesus is like, you don't need all that, <laughs> Peter. It's in the context of that conversation that unfolds that evening that Jesus says, the time is coming that you're actually all going to leave me. And Peter's like, I'm not leaving. I'm with you. No matter what happens, even if it costs me my life, even if I have to die, I'm with you. And this is where the chicken comes into the story. 
you knew the chicken was coming around, right? Yeah. So my uh, folks who have chickens, if you also have a rooster, you know that they tend to crow when, whenever they want. <laughs> This idea that roosters only crow in the morning, that is nonsense. We happen to have two roosters right now, and so we frequently have what I like to call a cockadoodle duel. <laughs> It can happen any time of the day or night, um, and they'll get going, and there's quite a back and forth. All right, we're going to talk for a moment about the rooster who crowed three times. And it happened at the same moment that Peter denied the Lord for the third time. I'm not with him. I don't even know him. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm not with him. The same guy who just a couple of hours earlier said, I will die with you. I am with you, Lord. On three separate occasions that are recorded in Scripture, said, I'm not with him. I don't even know what you're talking about. Who? Peter. I say that today as a word of encouragement. There are times that we think we are at a place in our journey of discipleship. Man, we just think we are just walking step by step with Jesus. You know, we're yoked to him. He's, he's making it easy. The burden is light. We're striding with him step for step. We're walking in the spirit. We're not in the ways of the world. And then we look at ourselves in the mirror and we're like, I'm not even with him. Like, I've, I've done things, I've said things that I know a disciple of Jesus would not say or do. Here's the good news. Fast forward. After Jesus has died on the cross and he's been buried in the grave and three days later he rises from the dead, a day we call Easter, he appears over and over and over again. And one of the places that he appears is actually on the beach. Peter has returned to what? What was he doing when Jesus called him the first time? He was fishing with his brother Andrew and a couple of guys named James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Well, guess what they have returned to now that Jesus has died? They've gone back to fishing. Unsuccessfully. Jesus is standing on the beach. He's made a little fire. He's got some fish cooking. This is amazing, right? Because he didn't go fishing. But there you go. And he calls out to them. He's like, hey, how's the fishing? They've caught nothing. Peter recognizes that it's the Lord. And in Peter fashion, he takes his clothes off and he swims for shore. I know, right? The Bible, full of such strange little facts. And the Lord restores him. In the same way that Peter denied Jesus three times, Jesus in his grace restores Peter three times. Peter, do you love me? Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. Peter, are you sure that you love me? Are you with me? Lord, you know, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus says, that's good. Because the time's coming that that thing that you said that you would do for me because you were with me, that laying down your life thing, that's coming. Because you're my disciple, because you're with me, you're going to be forced to go places that 
you hadn't planned to go, and things are going to happen to you that you're going to wish hadn't happened. And if you know Peter's life story and the way that it ends, you know that those prophecies of Jesus were fulfilled. Peter, history tells us, was crucified upside down as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Are you sure you want to be with him? Like, do we really want to be with him? We want Jesus to be with us. We want all the benefits of salvation. We want, you know, an all-access pass to the throne room of God. We want to be able to pray in the name of Jesus. We want to be assured that things that we ask for in the name of Jesus are going to be answered and God's going to do them, right? I mean, that's, we, want, we want Jesus then. We certainly want Jesus as the way to salvation, the forgiveness of our sins, the, recon, the reconciling power, right? We want all that. We want all that. We want all the blessings. We want the spiritual blessings that are, list, that are listed in, in Ephesians. We want all that. Do we want the reality that comes with being a follower of Christ, with being with Him? Because sometimes being with Him means you're going to be persecuted for His name's sake. I mean, you already know this. Being a Christian in the culture today is not necessarily like the winning strategy. It doesn't make you suddenly the most popular person in the room. Quite the contrary. You sure you want to be with Him? Because although the grace of God in Jesus Christ is free, it's not cheap. It's costly. Being with Jesus is this amazing blessing that's impossible to describe. And it's also the greatest responsibility you will ever bear. Because as a Christian, you are representing Christ every day, in every relationship, in every place, in every form of communication, across every media, all the time. Representing Christ to a world that knows Him not. You with Him? That's what it means to be a part of the Great Commission. Like it means to not only be commissioned to go and make disciples of all nations. It means to be a part of the commission, the group of people who are going to do that. Is that a mission and a commission of which you want to be a part? Are you with Him? Are you with Him? Here are the things that come from being with Jesus. An understanding of who you are. An absolute certainty about your identity. Access to the Father, access to the throne room, freedom in prayer, the covering of your sin, and protection against evil, the yoke that comes with being a disciple yoked to Christ. But it's easy and it's light. Why? Because He's carrying the burden of it all. Fellowship, community, a vine of which you get to be a branch, fruitfulness, faithfulness, union with Christ, the very counsel of God, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the power of the dunamis. That's the Holy Spirit. If we had another day to talk, we'd talk about that. 
All authority, the very authority of the name of Jesus. If you like to listen to people who teach as those who have authority, trust me when I tell you, those people are with Jesus because He now has all authority in heaven and on earth. It's by His authority that Christians stand and proclaim His name into a world that often rejects Him. In Christ, you have a mission. You have step-by-step direction by the power of the Spirit. You have a family. You have a place. You have a home not built by hands. And you have a house key. Have you ever thought about that, that the gospel comes with a house key? The very keys to the kingdom belong to you if you're with Jesus. You also have an an inheritance preserved for you in heaven that's beyond any material number or fantasy you could have here on earth. Like Elon Musk has a bunch of kids and they're all going to have an inheritance that, trust me when I tell you, is going to be bigger than ours here. I mean, my mom's 84. There's probably an inheritance for me in the next few years. It's not going to be anything by comparison to the inheritance of the kids of Elon Musk. Fair to say? Fair to say. But the inheritance that is already secured for me in heaven is greater than anything the earth could ever offer. But you got to be with Jesus. You got to be with him to gain access. So I hope you hear this as an encouragement today because I'm with him. I'm with him. Whatever I have, whatever I do, wherever I'm going, whatever I'm saying, whatever influence I have in any given moment over any given platform in any form or style of communication, I am his. My dad died when I was 16, and um, he was only 43. He was one of those really full-of-life people. Like, he's the person that you wanted in the room because he was fun and bright and energetic and warm. He died unexpectedly. I mean, unexpectedly for us, I mean, you know, certainly full of God's expectation, but I didn't understand that at the time. I was wrecked. My dad, I mean, I have a mom and she's wonderful, but my dad was my, like, parent. Does that make sense? Like, the one with whom I really had a connection as a kid. He was my softball coach. Um, I was, you know, like, the boy he didn't have, right? So, you know, I learned how to mow the grass and my sister didn't. There you go. Um, And so, it was like this incredible loss. Um, And it wasn't until... This senior in high school, whose name is Dan, I was a sophomore, he, he told me, like, you can actually have peace. I mean, I was wrecked, and obviously my wreckage was evident to other people, including this guy in my high school. And he's like, do you know that you can have peace? It's possible. And I said, I, I want peace. And because Dan was with Jesus... He was able to tell me how to ask God for the peace that surpasses all understanding. And I've been all in with Jesus since then. I'm inviting you 
to consider this year what it means for you to be with Him. It's going to look different in your life than it looks in mine. But I can tell you this, if you're with Him, if you're with Him, there's an extraordinary life ahead, and it's eternal. Make it count. Go in peace.